well-met friends. My name is Adam, and this is a Get Pipe Podcast where we love to pipe today. Well, as always, I'm joined by my good friend Nick, aka the producer guy. Nick, what's up, man? Hey, Adam. How you doing, brother? Good, man. It's actually, I think that's a lie. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing okay, man. I feel like there's a lot of things in life going on right now for both of us, whether it's physical things happening or emotional things going on. And I think it's it's right to say that not everything is good, but it is okay, right? Like this this idea that we both know, we've both been through these sort of things, that things will get better. And hopefully someone out there needs to hear that. Things things will get better. It's just it's just a time, you know, time time period where where things are rough and it will get better. So I am also okay. But you know it's better than okay is this show because it's going to be fun man it's going to be fun. oh yeah now yeah man we, we've been having a rough few days but i'm trying to get this video out so last week on the get Piped podcast i told you all i told the world that the the next get piped youtube channel which which i think we're going to start calling gpc get pipe channel and mm-hmm. then gpp get pipe podcast that was kind of something i wanted to start it this is kind of like a a brain blast that had happened mm. to me the other day. Typically we refer to the channel as just get piped the YouTube channel or get piped. And then there was the get pipe podcast, which was like a sub version of the actual YouTube channel. Right. But now I'm kind of thinking of get piped as like a overall overarching an overarching brand, brand of yeah. content ish stuff. I, I almost hate the word content nowadays <laughs> because it just makes me cringe, but, but that's essentially what it is, right? It is a, a form of entertainment. Yeah. GPC and then the GPP. Anyway, so the new GPC episode uh, last week I had said is going to be live the 27th, which was just a few days ago from the time of this episode airing, this recording airing. And I still have that full intent. So we are recording this the day before <laughs> it's the 26th today and tomorrow being that 27th is when it's going to go live. And uh, yeah, so now we're here. It's it's Sunday. We're having a good morning recording session. Heck yeah, man. Well, in, in pipe smoking news, I got something in the mail. I'm I'm hoping that if someone's listening, uh, whoever sends me these little packages from La DC, um, Adam's address has changed. So if you've tried to send them stuff, I actually got the the jazz <laughs> from Seattle Pipe Club, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was called. That was routed to my PO box in Washington, mm-hmm. and I didn't get it until probably a week after when it was rerouted here. I don't know if I don't think the post office will continue to reroute packages forever. Yeah, because it costs them won't. money, and Typically, they're not even supposed to reroute packages. They're supposed to just reroute mail. mail. But, dude, you can't just call a local post office. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, actually, or this is a funny story. Before you get into your little your little tobacco that I am wishing I had, in 2022, I ordered a package from Russia. It was custom a shirt. sweatshirt. Like, like two yeah. sweatshirts and a, a t-shirt that they were custom. They weren't really custom. It was like a made-to-order, and they cut the fabric, and they pressed the graphics on Dude, that was like 13, 14 months ago, and I'm still waiting for it. But I moved. I moved in the time that it took, so mm. it's going to Washington, and I tried to get him to switch it, and I don't know. So It's also from Russia, so it's uh, that was another issue, I believe. Well, no, literally, they, they were telling me, they're like, yeah, we're like finding some export-import regulation bans right, and stuff. Right. So, But anyway, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't I can't risk this thing going back to Russia and I don't want to wait another year and a half to get my damn sweatshirts. No. This supposed to be a birthday present. It's supposed to be Dana's 26th birthday present. She's turning Shielding. 27. 
in less than a month. Yes. <laughs> in like a week. Actually, yeah, I can't right? wait to give her her, her <laughs> oh 26th birthday present for her 27th birthday. Yeah, man. Maybe. But yeah, so anyways, I got some ge- geometry. I want to say it in a French accent. Ge- geometry. I don't think that's right. But it's a beautiful tin, man. This is from GL Peace, his uh, Zeitgeist collection. And man, I got to say, this is probably the most beautiful tin art I've seen so far in my short time as a pipe smoker. It is absolutely magnificent. I've posted a picture on Instagram, but it doesn't even do it justice, right? It's not even close to to what it actually looks like in person. As you dive in, you see this beautiful proto-cubism. Um, I don't know what the difference is between cubism and proto-cubism, but I believe it was a small transistory period between like 19... 19- 05 to 1910 or something like that from from what I was looking up but it's it's a beautiful tin the tobacco is a plug um it's a plug tobacco which I still need a plug knife so I'm I'm trying to spend a little less money as we're near in Chicago here soon but uh, I am super excited for this. This is, uh, I'll read the description. It's overlapping planes of vintage sun-cured basma and Izmir leaf reframed the multi-natural sweetness of mature red Virginias in this modern expression of the classical Virginia oriental archetype. Aged in cakes to deepen and enrich the flavors, this structured plug-cut tobacco is poised to engage and intrigue all of the senses. So yeah, I, I really like it when I open it up. It smells kind of like, in a weird way, vinegary, like, but a good, but a good way. Kind of maybe that malt vinegar. And um, yeah, uh, when this comes out, it's supposed to be out on April 7th, 2023. Go ahead and check it out. Smokingpipes.com is is the place where, where you can find him. Probably some other retailers. But yeah, I uh, I want you to have it, Adam. And I want everyone else to have it too. So I want it really bad. It's yeah. not often you get a plug, man. And I think Greg yeah. does, does plugs really, really good. But uh, so we we had actually reached out to Greg once we received the blend because it, it was kind of a huge surprise. Yeah, I had no I, idea. We know that the the Zeitgeist collection is is a growing process of, of blends, but didn't know when they were going to release. There's no roadmap. Folks who know Greg Peace, he's kind of a recluse, and he, he he will admit that too. But he likes to keep things close, and when things are ready to release, he likes to release them on his own. So it was really interesting to get these these tins before he'd even made a made right. a mention of it which was interesting so we made sure to you know reach out to greg and ask real quick um hey what what's the deal with this is this <laughs> when's this we, releasing there's yeah. no information on the internet you can't like normally even smoking pipes might put like a an out of stock kind of notice for right. a new blend but we'll preface that it'll be releasing soon it might not even say a specific date but there, there was just nothing here so when talking to greg uh we we just kind of pinged him some questions and he was explaining that the the blend was designed as a plug obviously and and that's what brought that that cubism idea to uh to uh to the design and specifically he says that proto cubism so these are terms um, from like pablo picasso and all these little cubes and structures and figures put together an entire piece of art as a whole right and he says it's very early, abstract looking too absolutely absolutely very abstract and and during those early meetings when they were designing uh the uh the the tin uh the team got really excited about that idea so you know greg's just a smart guy he pitched a few concepts and then the artists uh put together this incredible art so we're not going to hit this in a tin or a la carte if we did it would both be a yay uh go check out some of the photos that are that are already kind of out there and th- this might be one of those tins that you want to grab just just to have a good artwork, man. There's something to say about good quality tin art, man. That in and of itself can be a 
product. I think tobacco is generally speaking relatively cheap, you know, between 14 to $15 for a tin. Well, not only are you getting the tobacco, you're getting a really, really awesome tin. So this is one of those things where, I mean, there's not a ton out there, but there's some tin arts, man, that I just want to collect and don't really care if mm. I like the blend or not. But this yeah. is definitely one of them. So yeah, so their artist did a, a genuine painting that was in that that cubism style. Yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. And, and I know he talked about just like the way that the name came, the way he was describing it, it was just like, oh, plug, cube, cubism. And it was like, it's like this very linear thought, but knowing Greg... I don't think it was that simple. Like I, I, I genuinely don't. There's so much thought that goes into um, his brain of of years of wisdom and, and knowledge and understanding this hobby and various other various other kind of niche hobbies and stuff as well. It's like there is so much. There was so much more to it than just that. Um, but yeah, it was it was great to reach out to him and and kind of get the lowdown on this blend. And I'm very excited to be smoking it more. And I know that. All of y'all, once it comes out, better grab yourself a tin because um, I, I don't think this is like a small batch. No, no, no. So it's a full release. So bang side's not going anywhere. Geometry is not going to go anywhere. This is a, a full release. These are questions that I need to ask a tobacconist how, how that works because yeah. we've talked about it before. The reason for the small batch is to kind of do some regulation workarounds. They might just be hitting this in, in force in the face too. Uh, and, right. and, and taking a bunch of, you know, tax and some other kind of punches in order to get this blend to the right. market forever. But <laughs> I, I'm I'm not quite sure. But yeah, no, I, I'm super excited about it. Greg's very, very happy with it. And you were right, man. He Everything Greg does is very calculated. But I will say there are times I've asked him, I was like, hey, did you ever come up with a name and then <laughs> come up with a blend? He's like, yeah, like I wanted to name a blend X, Y, or Z. You know, I don't know which blend specifically, but there's times where he's like, yeah, I, th- I thought of this name and I wanted to make a blend after it. So then yeah. I just started blending. Uh, but for this case, yeah, so that the, the name Geometry came after. He says he was tossing some names around and then Geometry popped into his head with the precise spelling and accents <laughs> the, over the E. The tildes or whatever they're called. Exactly. T-R-I-E is how it's spelled, Geometry. And he said he popped that into his head and, and he couldn't let it go. And everyone on his team loved it and they spent hours kind of exploring that you know, the different typefaces, and then they fell on the one they used. And then he said when it all came together, it was just super exciting. And he's been smoking this stuff for for some several months, and everyone's kind of all on board with it. So uh, he, he just wanted to explain that everything came together so beautifully, and he's just thrilled with the result in every way. And I think I am too. I'm, I'm big on this one. Bankside was good, but uh, this one I think might be, I think this one might be my blend, man. I'm, I'm oh, really excited to yeah. try it out. Heck yeah, man. Well, Again, April 7th, I believe, is the launch date. So go check it out. I think that'll be about a week or so from once this episode goes live. But have it on your radar. You got it there. Go to smokingpipes.com to get it. But while you're at it, there's a couple other places we want you to go. The first one is to chicagopipeshow.com. We have one month and two days, right? We're, we're recording on the 26th. We got a month and two days until the Chicago Pipe Show is going down. The Lincolnshire Marriott in Lincolnshire, Illinois. But right around Chicago, there's so much going on, more than we can even touch on here. Dinners, there's the Battle of the Briar. There's just so much, so much cool stuff going on there. They're really working on kind of changing, changing things up. And Get Piped will be there in full force. We'll be cameras out 
we'll be chatting, we'll be roaming the floor, we'll be looking at pipes, looking at all kinds of tobacco. So join us. Stay tuned for our social medias um, in the coming weeks. If, if you're kind of listening to this live, we will be doing a get pipe meetup. We just have to arrange a place to do it. So if you're kind of on the fence about going, maybe you're in the local area, come meet us. Go to the show. I think it's $20 for the whole weekend, but there's uh, there's just going to be so much to do there. Head to chicagopipeshow.com for all that information and follow at the Chicago Pipe Show on Instagram for more details as well. But we did want to mention our little store, getpiped.co. And we did have a little member to join our buy around club. We just want to say thank you so much to Andy Lancaster. He is joined at the We Dram level. Thank you so much for, for joining the We Dram level buy around club. If you want to know more about that, head to getpiped.co. There's no M at the end there. It's .co to learn more about what we got available on the stores, merchandise, etc. And all that supports Get Piped as a whole. But we've got a great show planned today. We got some tobacco through time. So we're going to be we're going to be talking some golden age of pipe smoking, some of those decades and Stay tuned for that. First segments, we're announcing our Legend of the Pipe winner, and then we're going to be getting into some this or that, and closing it out with a little bit of real recommend real from Adam. L, yes, thanks so much. Big thanks to the producer guy for the producer guy things. But before we move into our primary topic, I want to remind you to take a deep breath, savor this moment, kindle your flame, and pipe as you please. got a tobacco through time today. For those of you who do not know what tobacco through time is, this is just our way of, of kind of having some fun with people groups, some, this case, decades, some ages, eras, whatever, whatever we have. And we have these five main types of tobacco that we have kind of put together. I think it covers most of them. We have English, Virginia, Burley, aromatic, and oriental. And what happens is I propose these types of tobacco to Adam and he assigns a people, a generation, a age, a group, whatever it may be to that tobacco. And then we kind of talk about why, right? So there, there, there's going to be a link between the type of tobacco and what is assigned to it. So this week, we have this sort of golden age of pipe smoking. We're, we're saying it's from the 1930s to the 1970s. We have those five decades. What Adam is going to be doing is I will give him the type of tobacco, and he will be assigning a decade. And we're going to kind of talk about it and see why. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. This is a lot has happened in these decades. A lot, a lot happened, both good and bad. The, the 20th century was a hard time for humanity. Do you have anything else you want to add before we get in? It's been a little bit since we've done our tobacco through time, man. And uh, this is always a fun one. I, I think it briefs really well. It comes off really fun. So we wanted to kind of change up from a specific group in terms of like a, a warrior society or whatnot. Uh, but this time we want to hit up just uh, just the decades. And we're going to use, I'm going to try to pull some of my, some of the brain power to, to, to hit on some key historic events to kind of justify why I might assign a particular blend type to a particular decade. I'm going to try to make this one least predictable as possible, not for the purpose of making it unpredictable. I still want to apply 
you know, the, the most logical one in my opinion, but I'm going to give you some good history events, use good sources to, to kind of explain my thought process, but let's get into it, man. Let's, let's hear what we got first. Which, which blend are we talking first? Yeah. Let's, um, let's talk some Virginia first. What do you think? What decade do you think Virginia encompasses? Virginia tobacco, man, this, this, we all know is something that I'm still trying to learn. And, and when we say Virginia, we're really speaking about the pure Virginia or, or maybe a light Virginia Perique of a, a, a Virginia dominant tobacco. Uh, you know, Virginia encompasses almost every single tobacco blend ever. You know, it's just one of those main staple components. Uh, so, so when we're talking about in the context of tobacco through time, we're, we're talking about those those Virginia forward, those very Virginia heavy, and that might be a, a red Virginia or the or the light bright Virginia. But for me, I think I'm going to go the 1960s. And while the 1960s definitely had its rough patches, where we're thinking about the civil rights movement, you know, we're talking, you know, the Vietnam War. There's there's a lot of bad in here, and, and there's not going to be a particular blend that is assigned to the bad or the rough. Mm. Uh, but different characteristics of each blend might complement that to a degree. Uh, but for Virginia, I'm going with the, a, you know, that lighter, brighter kind of hay smell of a tobacco this time. And and the first thing I think about is the Woodstock Festival of '69. Mm. So since marijuana wasn't an option on a, a <laughs> list of of blends uh, i think virginia has like a very you know especially that light virginia it's got that light bright aroma and taste and and i think that just kind of encompasses really the end of the 60s i mean but we're still we're still in the same decade right uh where where all this the struggle all this hardship all this hate and war just kind of culminates and, and that's what woodstock represented and that's kind of like my focus with this one now, I'm not saying Woodstock would have been a great place to smoke a Virginia uh, because we know Virginias are more like a, I mean, well, it was definitely the summer, so it was hot and, and those are typically pretty mm, good in, sure. in, a, you know, in, in the summer because of those bright flavors and, and the fruitiness that you can kind of get from, from some Virginia blends. But I think it just kind of captures the essence of, of Woodstock. And, and that's an interesting, that's, I'm kind of going on a, going out on, on the edge of yeah, a limb of a tree a here. Bit to say that but but i think that makes sense i'm liking that light bright aroma and taste with a the positive the culmination of a bunch of hardship and, right. and, and, and negativity and that's that's throughout the century yeah right up to that you point know, as we yeah. move back into the 50s you know 40s and even 30s um it's there's a there's a lot of bad in there but i don't know i think this one was a pretty good one for for the virginia for, to have that 60s another cool one another cool history event that i want to pull into this is actually in the early 60s. So I'm not just saying basically 1970 being all of the Virginia since it was 1969 for Woodstock, but in er, uh, early 60s, I think it was 61 or 62, the James Bond films, that was like the first time oh. the, the movies became popularized in, in, in pop culture through film, right? So the James Bond movie series, I think, I think it was 62, uh, had become an instant classic and in, in, in a cultural icon. And I can't think of a better tobacco for um, Bond, James Bond to smoke <laughs> into Virginia. You know, he, he's the kind of guy who's who's calm, he's cool, he's collected, and that's exactly what, that's what the folks of a Virginia, right. that, that's what they embody to me. He's the kind of gentleman who, no matter what he's doing, whether it's stop a train from being stolen <laughs> or racing in his really cool car or whatever he's doing, I feel like he could be yeah. smoking a Virginia and it'll never burn hot. He'll never smoke it too fast, no matter how high his heart rate is. No matter how how quiet the night is or or how hectic things get, whether he's in a shootout or not, I feel like he's still deliberately smoking mm. his Virginia tobacco. And uh, I think those two events are kind of what are uh, pulling me towards 
Virginia being synonymous to, to the 1960s. Heck yeah, man. I love that. I um I actually didn't know that about Bond. So that's that's a really cool one. And just kind of as I've learned more, you know, from you really about like what exactly kind of Virginias are, how they smoke, man, I think that is like spot on comparison uh for that. So heck yeah, dude. Good, good work. Um let's let's move on to ah man, I love me some burly. Let's do some burlies, brother. I want to. I want to hear what decade you think, because honestly, you threw you threw me for a twist with the with the sixties there. I was I was thinking maybe that was going to be a little aromatic, but uh, I I'm interested to hear what you think. What you think about the burlies? Burley, we all know, is one of my favorite tobaccos, and and it's super interesting because while it might not have a ton of flavor, uh, there there's the two forms that bright burley and then that dark burley, and the point of burley isn't for the flavor necessarily, but it's to give that body to some tobacco. Now you can smoke a pure burley or a mostly pure burley that might consist of some Virginias and, and maybe a few other tobaccos, but you also might have the the aromatic burleys where burley is that base and then a lot of extra topped tobaccos, some mm. Virginias and, and, and Cavendishes thrown in there to uh, kind of give it a little bit more flavor. And then there's, there's aromatics that are just Cavendish with, with no burley. What I like about burley is it's, it's so universal. So this isn't the kind of thing that you want to you don't want to get like a pure burley and try to age it. It's really not going to change if at all. Uh, right. But what you do want to do is you want to throw it into a, a very a bright Virginia or even a dark Virginia and, and and let that ferment over time. And the burley, like that backseat driver, kind of it, it benefits from all those those good attributes from Virginias and, and even some of the aromatic, uh, you know, tobaccos, those those Cavendishes and the, the, the topped cased tobaccos. And typically... Being that bodied tobacco, we like mm. to attribute burley to like the more the hardened, the the strong. grizzled, the strong folk. American. Not only is the word burley, you know, <laughs> parallels the actual word burley, but yeah, I, I'm I'm actually gonna do put you for a loop here. I think most folks are thinking I'm gonna go 1940s. That's what I was. I'm thinking, and and I think that's fair. I think you can make that argument, and right. I'm just not going to. I'm gonna make okay. the argument for the 1930s here. Oh, okay. The 1930s is essentially what set up America to be so successful in the 1940s. Now, what I mean by that is there was a lot of, dude, the 20th century was just not a good bad. century, man. <laughs> it's um, just and, bad. And, you know, especially when we look back, it's, it's sad. You know, you ask, yeah. you ask someone what the top events of the past hundred years were, and they're all very negative. War, um, famine, more pan war, pandemics, more war, pandemics, more famine. <laughs> but, as we've come to know what was the uh, what the greatest generation, the young men and women to go off to, to World War II to support their their country, their neighboring countries, their allied countries. And it was a daring ask. These are times when you would deploy and you wouldn't come home till war was over. Yep. You know, you'd be gone for five, six years, war which is over. insanity. <laughs> and I don't think it was the 40s that made that. I think I think a lot of folks would come to the call of action even now, you know, say World War Three happens. I wouldn't say the twenties, the twenty twenties was a, a a jarring time, a burly, a year of the a decade of the burly to to set yeah. us up for success in in twenty thirty for a World War Three. Uh, but but what I do think is cool about the nineteen thirties is that there were a lot of hardships that I, I would kind of I'd like to sit there with a burly, even even a dark burly, just just right. bland, nothing just nothing bad. added. I, I think this was the the decade of of hardship. So so let's talk about some of the ones. Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is going to be the Great Depression. Oh, uh, yeah. That went from the pretty much expanded the entirety of the decade, 29 to 39, devastates the economy, a massive crisis that affects the entire world. People were hungry. People were dying. People were sick. 
and there there was no way of escaping and for 10 years 10 years man like we think about how long covid was where people were staying at home for a year and a half two years and and that was tough it was tough but it was nothing compared to 10 years of going job searching for jobs that just don't exist there's a reason it was called the great depression you know you, every, you were coming up was with depressed fiscally and you know emotionally exactly but those were times where I feel like a good burly tobacco, if you could get your hands on it, would, would go a long way. And it might not replace a meal, uh, but it might <laughs> it, it might uh, complement the the kitchen sink kind of meal that you had to throw together with, uh, you know, one rat, seven potatoes and, uh, you know, a clove of garlic. But I, I don't know. So so other, other events that <laughs> just get worse. And, and the thing, the crazy thing about this is they're affecting like so. So we think about the Dust Bowl, the, the fact that the Terrible. Dust Bowl was a thing. We're just a severe environmental disaster that causes significant damage to all agriculture, uh, health, just just entire regions of uh, U- the United States. Not only was it this terrible thing that happened, it also happened during a, a terrible time in history. Like it could have happened in, you know, the 1920s and like that would have sucked. But I don't think it would have been as bad, quote unquote, if had it during the Great Depression when everything was already terrible. And this essentially feed it into it, too. Like, they yeah, both fed into fair. each other. Obviously, it was an environmental crisis, but, you know, it was a combination of right. aggressive and poor farming techniques. That with, of course, the drought conditions in the region with insanely high winds has created this massive dust storm that lasted for six years. Six years. That is insanity to me. So, so homes are being you know, destroy people are being driven from their homes. Now the population's migrating. You have giant population of people moving into other places that can't get jobs. So now like, right. oh, we just have an influx of 10,000 people who all need jobs. Uh, what about the 20,000 people who already live here and need jobs? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's added on to that Great Depression. And I don't know, man, it, it was just a, a year of tough men, tough women, tough children. And I just think, I can't help but think that the burly tobacco would be you know, an excellent characteristic where it's not flashy, it's not showy, it's it's the underground work, it's the hard work, it's not the thing that's gonna you're gonna think of first. You're gonna think of the 1940s. You know, all that glam. I hate to say it, but glamour. You know, going to war, coming back right, home, okay. sailor kissing his wife, who's in all like the nice clothes or whatever. It's none of that. It's all just hardship. It's yeah. all just hard work trying to persevere. While I don't think any tobacco is inherently bad or negative. But I can't help but think that Burley being that backseat driver that is often overlooked, it, it just is really there to provide kind of some body and a little bit of darker flavor. I, I just can't think of a better tobacco to go with the 30s. I love that. Yeah, I was totally thinking Burley was about to be the about to be the 40s. So, I'm and there, there's there's that could be argued. You know, there's could, a lot of bad I, in the 40s. Man. Yeah, you very know? much could be argued. But all right, let's um. Let's move on to kind of our oriental or others. I know this is we kind of put the dark fire in there and stuff like that. But uh, what, are you, what are you thinking for that other category? The other category, I think we're going to go right to the 40s, man. I think this is a good transition oh. as well. Uh, so when we talk other, you know, we're oh, there's so many oriental varietals, right? Um, which technically speaking, Latakia is one of them. But but many, many oriental blends out there. Uh, we have the dark fired, you know, the... Tobaccos that essentially go through a process, you could argue maybe Cavendish as well could be considered that other because, you mm. know, Cavendish is not always super flavored. Now, it, it pulls flavor very well, which is why we think aromatic when we think Cavendish. And oftentimes it's used 
in aromatic blends. But on the surface, Cavendish doesn't have a ton of flavor. Um, and it's a process. It's a it's a, a burly leaf that goes through a process. Uh, but but the 1940s is going to be like kind of our catch all. You know, we think of World War Two. That's going to be the first thing. And there's a reason why it was called World War is because every nation had had some kind of hand mm. in it, whether they were fighting directly or sending money to a different nation uh, to support the cause or they were just declaring, hey, we're going to side with these folks. Everyone was involved. And with our other category, when we think of those those oriental blends that that just span across the globe, you know, some of these orientals are only grown in specific locations. It's not like, you know, you can't just necessarily grow Latakia everywhere. And I'm using that because it's the the clear example. But there there are plenty of other varietals of of tobacco leaves that many folks haven't even heard or understand. There's Turkish tobaccos, there's there's Basma, like the Izmir, like these are these are names of tobacco that you might have heard of, but but understanding where they come from and how they taste uh, right. is a whole nother level. And it's something that I'm not completely familiar with. And there's there's just dozens and dozens of other ones. So I think kind of encompassing the dynamic world in the 1940s, it, it, it's a good kind of catch-all. And, and, and that's just the truth about it. Like, I, yeah. I wish I had a little bit more reasoning behind. Like, I, I think we might be able to pull from from outside of the war, we're thinking early 1940s, I think 1942 Casablanca uh, was, you know, this, at least in America. And, and this is really American decades where we're talking, but I think it kind of extends to, to the world as a whole. Uh, Casablanca becomes the most beloved film at the time, the cultural icon. And to folks to this day, for some reason, think it's the best film ever made. Uh, that's up there in the top, like 100 movies you have to watch. It's normally within the top three or four disagree it's okay <laughs> i think that's my like I, I, modern approach to film like it's it's very difficult yeah. to to judge a, a film from the 40s with a film made in you know 2019 i know and, and and for that reason because it's difficult i feel like a lot of those older movies like kind of are protected which i don't necessarily agree with if those folks who wrote the film directed the film came up with all the 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 words and gave all the actors you know the same scripts living today had the technology. I don't know if Casablanca would would hold yeah. up, but because it was new, you know, and it's that's a very worldly kind of thing. It became a cultural icon across the across the world just because of how crazy it was at the time. We also think of the Olympics. You know, that's a time where the world comes together, mm. and specifically in the '40s, while the Olympics was happening over you know centuries, there was so much tension in the Olympics because of war. Uh, so 1948, the London Games, it, it was like that that post World War era. Yeah. And, you know, all, all these countries are coming back together. Still a lot of tension, still a lot of uncertainty. Again, kind of a cop out that 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 correlation between being uncertain and, and not completely understanding, you know, the the, the, the scope of, of our other category and, and all these varietals that I still need to learn. I think I, I'm going to apply that here. But I think that's what I got with uh, this one. There's just so much going on in the 40s. And I think you can make a good argument for Burley or, or maybe even English to a degree. Uh, definitely not aromatic. But I think uh, the dark fired will, will represent folks getting after it just, just on, the, on the front, on the Western front. Mm. Well, you had mentioned aromatic. And uh, this is our, our second to last one. I'm, I'm interested in which decade you think is aromatic. For me, this one's an easy one. Uh, aromatic goes directly to the 1970s, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So the first one I want to pull is just just the cultural scene, right? So we're thinking disco, we're thinking 
uh, all this dance kind of music. We're thinking dance as as a, an act itself, as a as a hobby. Folks would go dancing. Yes, uh, you know this became the popular trend in the United States in the 1970s. When's the last time you you heard someone say, "Hey, you, you want to go dance? You want to go dancing this weekend?" You know, <laughs> unless you're in Nashville, Tennessee, people aren't saying that. But folks would go out to have fun and go to you know these these not really clubs, but like discos. And it was a time where this was like the first time where we're kind of celebrating the the post hardships. There was a time where you know Vietnam's going on, so there there's some some heartache there that folks started to kind of separate themselves for. They supported the United States so hard and. And throughout World War One, Two, even even the Korean War a little bit, but then as we got into right. the latter half of Vietnam, folks were just kind of done. They were kind of done with all this this hate, this fighting, this war, and I guess dancing and discos and big hairdos was uh you know their their escape. Man, I think aromatic man is is that fun tobacco, and it, it, I just can't ever assign aromatic to. The gunfighter, the warfighter—it's just not what I think encapsulates the the idea of uh, of aromatic. But but man, disco music, fun, going out, having a party, having friends around you—that just that just screams aromatic to me. That's something that I do when I'm out. I'm normally smoking aromatics with friends, people who are out of pipe smoking and they're not in the sphere. You know, it's it's a very encouraging, it's a bright, fun, tasty experience for for the users around me. Right. Another one, and I think my main. This is going to be my main idea. The release, one of the best releases of all time, maybe still to this day, mm. Star Wars, A New Hope, 1977. This just changed, changed everybody. It, did. it changed me. It changed me today. It still affects me today. You know, Star Wars was, was a freak of nature, man. It, it started yes. off as like a really crummy script. George Lucas wrote this thing. A lot of folks weren't into it. And I guess you can get that with all, all stories. Of, you know, no one wanted my script. You know, you think of Rocky. No one wanted right. to you know, try this out. And then when it did, it was great. But for the most part, the film was not super cool. And uh, George Lucas wasn't super into it. He was, he's kind of focused on other projects. He got Alec Guinness, who, uh, who, who plays o- Obi-Wan Kenobi or, or old Ben. Mm. And you could tell he was not super into the role. There's a lot of quotes that says he wasn't a lot of star Wars defenders will, will come and find like the, the little times where he's like, no, I loved being Obi-Wan and they, they kind of go with that. But, but I think for the most part, the folks weren't super bought in Harrison Ford, uh, was, was kind of like a, a cat last minute cast. I think he was working on the set. He had done some acting before, but I think the story is he was, he, he stood in to read some lines or something, uh, while he was like working. And, uh, cause the guy who they were trying to portray Han Solo wasn't there. And then they were like, Oh yeah, you crushed it. You're, you have to go. <laughs> and he's like, do I, it's no secret that Harrison Ford wasn't super into the role either, but, yeah. but the people were, man, when this film came out, the, the special effects were incredible and it just, it just, it had this cult following right from the beginning. The next two movies, the empire strikes back and return of the Jedi uh, were just huge cult followings, huge, huge cult followings. And, you know, to this day, you know, folks are showing their their children these early films. And, yeah. and there's some of those films that were that were filmed a very long time ago, but they still kind of hold up the test of time. They still kind of compete. They with, do. They really do, man. And honestly, especially I mean, when they did the remasters where they made the, you know, the, the sabers graphics. a little bit brighter. Yeah. Um, they kind of re- remastered some of the, you know, the, the effects. There's some good and bad in doing that. But you, you can't take a film. I'm trying to think of like the first the first King Kong film that aired in, I believe the twenties, Yeah, no amount of remastering will make that film <laughs> <Better>. <laughs> visually good. You know what I mean? 
there's no amount of special effects, you know, not until the year 3000, I don't think, uh, can, can, can transform that film. But, but in the seventies, when, when films were not that great and, and films in the eighties and nineties were still using poor special effects have been remastered since even those aren't standing up. Uh, yeah. but this, this one did, and they just, they did a lot of, um, a lot of techniques they use in the film were, were, were great for just, just innovative. They're innovative technologies, innovative ways of, of capturing film to, to make this very happy, inspiring, you know, boy saves world, boy saves worlds, <laughs> gets the girl kind of adventure. And even I don't know, that man, girl was his sister, but even though, yeah, girl was his sister, which we don't find out to the second yeah, one. Yeah, so that's we're, fair. We're, that's fair. But yeah, man, I, I think Aramanic kind of hits that. It's just, the brightness, you know, where I think of all the blasters and, and sabers yeah. and Jedi tricks. And it was just really fun, man. It's a fun film. And if I'm going to watch Star Wars, I feel like I'd want like a good church, a long church warden with a with some kind of aromatic in there and sip it slowly while I watch at least the original ones and at least wow. one of the the uh, the prequel trilogy, but none of the uh, the post trilogy. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think this is a great one for for the 70s aromatic tobacco. Boom. Well, we got our last one, and if you are keeping up and doing math, guessing you know what it is, but but let's do it anyways. We got English tobacco. What decade in your in your mind, the last one left that you have, so you don't really have a choice at this <laughs> point. What decade represents English? By default, we're giving it to the fifties the here. But I think there's some I think we can let's try to pull some merit here. Yeah, okay. Uh, for right. for why English should should be attributed to the to the fifties. Such a weird decade, it such a dynamic weird. decade with not a lot of stuff. If that makes sense, yeah. You know, not many. You don't look back much on the fifties. On the fifties, dude. I think of the Korean War, man. Uh, yeah, which is such an anomaly to me because it's just never talked about. Yeah, it's never reported it's on the in, Forgotten War. Really, it really is. I'm pretty and, sure that's and, literally what it's called. Probably because like, like, I forgot it. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know why. I mean, I was only it was only a few years, but. Dude, a few years of war, gosh, like that, that there's still large scale ground combat operations. It's just, it's insane. Yeah, and, and it didn't work too. You know I mean, like, no, there's now a North and South Korea. Yeah. Not a <laughs> Korea. Korea. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So when we think of like the fifties archetype, you know, we have this in our legends of the pipe. I think he was gone by, by week one of, of yeah, legends I think he pipe. was I'm pretty sure it the fifties dad was just a, you know, this is the 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 post World War II, the, the American suburban home kind of dad. You know, has his nice little convertible car yeah. you know, that, he, that he waxes every morning. You know. <laughs> this kind of guy to me is always smoking a pipe, always a straight billiard. You know, maybe a Dunhill, maybe it's might be rusticated, but I, I'm thinking maybe a smooth grain. And you know, what's interesting about the pipes during the '50s is they they did follow that English design. You know, they're very very simple, very straight, very, you know, there were some bent pipes, but for the most part, the shaping was, was traditional. It was this very traditional, simple design. The focus was on proper straight lines, proper straight bowl, uh, you know, the, the perfect curvature of, of uh, the chamber and, right. you know, just very, there's, there's just, I hate to say simple 75 times, but that's what it was. And that just kind of covered what the pipe smoker in the 1950s wanted. They wanted something that was what they thought was elegant, but, you know, hardworking. And, and you think of those straight billiard type shapes, you know, maybe those apples or or what have you. But but there was no real freehand designs back then. And I think that goes well with English, where English is one of those tobaccos, man, that is just so universal. The consensus here is if you put Latakia in it, it's an English blend. 
at the end of the day. And in Latakia, you know, coming from either uh, Cyprus or, or, or Syria at the time. So we know Latakia, uh, you know, is a, uh, Essentially, it's another process. It's it's using two types of tobacco leaves. It's grown primarily in Syria and Cyprus. There hasn't been Syrian Latakia in you know decades at this point. I think probably 20, 20 plus years for a lot of reasons, right? Political, whatever. Uh, most of it's now in Cyprus. But either way, I think what I like about the Latakia is it just has that bold flavor uh, without a ton of nicotine. It still has a little bit of nicotine, but you would think you know some of these darker tobaccos might have nicotine but the reason why latakia is dark is because it's a it's a fire cured tobacco um so the leaves taken from what, what at the time was syria um essentially you, you tie it up and you, you you put in these rafters and you're hanging um all this tobacco you light small fires in like a barn very small just right on the ground and then it just smokes you know it literally fire cures the tobacco mm-hmm. over time those bright leaves become black uh, so so the blackness is from the curing process not from what might be the strength? You don't you don't grow a a quote Latakia leaf from the ground and it's just this black tobacco. That's not how it works. And uh, you know the the Cypress varietal. I think it's like a, it's a Smyrna something S M Y R N N A or some 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 degree of that. Right. Uh, it's it's a little bit different than uh you know your 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 Syrian Latakia. Syrian was a little bit more sweeter. Um, whereas uh, the, the the Cyprian Latakia, the Latakia that's that's well known today in every single blend you might find. I would say this one's a little bit more earthen. It's it's a little bit difficult to differentiate, especially now. If, which is interesting, if you if you try to smoke um, a blend with uh, Syrian Latakia, you, you'll still find them on you know aftermarkets. There's some blends that from 2017 uh, that might have Syria, but but right. some of that sweetness will have mellowed, you know, because oh. that that tobacco is a decade old. You know, even now, if you find like a, a 2005 tin of of some Syrian, it's not going to have the same Syrian impact as uh, you might find when you know, a fresh Syrian tin. And anyway, that, I find that interesting. But going back to uh, the, the 1950s, I think it just, it just, it fits that archetypal down, man. Uh, you know, Latakia was, is it's just a staple tobacco to, to kind of capture many, many English blends. I think a lot of tobaccos began using, you know, I think uh, what, Squadron Leader was one of the first to, to really kind of popularize the use of Latakia. Right. And that blends dates back to the 1920s. And, and, and another interesting thing is I'm not applying these tobaccos to people who be smoking them. And I'm more so just the idea, you know, that, that's what a tobacco through time is the idea of the 1950s. Right. But it's, it's also not unrealistic to think of, um, you know, folks smoking English blends in the 1950s. Like that was that was quite common. Now, did they know which varietal or whether it was Syrian or Cyprian? I don't know, probably not. Uh, that's another fun, fun aspect of this golden age. And it's kind of my argument for this new artisan age of pipe smoking or this uh, enthusiast, this time of collaborators. There were not pipe smoking collaborators back there. There were just pipe smokers. They, they were right. a smoker, just like today might, you might find a cigarette smoker. A cigarette smoker might prefer a t- particular box or brand of, of, of cigarettes, but they just smoked it because it was good, you know, yeah. and, and the same would be for a 1950s pipe smoker. Very likely, very, very likely. Yeah, because you don't you don't really have a cigarette community. <laughs> yeah, there's no cigarette. <laughs> Such a weird thought. It's like, ah, let me bond over this tiny, tiny little stick that will take about one minute. Yeah, that's that's funny. Dang man, well, I think uh, after your explanations, I think you you hit a lot of these pretty well. Because like when you when you first said them, I don't think I agreed. 
But as you as you described, kind of the characteristics and and all that, I got I got a little more on board. So yeah, for, for the folks who are still on the edge, let, let me give you this last one. Let's talk. Nineteen fifties <laughs> was uh kind of the the start of that Cold War, right? Yeah. And and what's better than English versus Soviets than smoking English tobacco, right? Dang. And everyone's okay. against the you know the Soviets. No, I don't know. I feel like love it. English blend is much better than Soviet blend. Okay. All right. I, I that was th- this one I didn't necessarily disagree with. I think the the aromatic and the burly. Those were not that I disagreed, but I was like, oh, this is this a maybe a little hot take, but I think uh I think we're definitely interested in in what everyone else thinks about about your your choices. So, so let us know. Best way to do that is definitely on our Discord. Uh link in the show notes if you if you aren't able to join the link let me know i'll I'll just send it i'll I'll invite you myself over on instagram uh but it's it's a great place we just surpassed the 500 member marks that's that's pretty awesome it's the best way to do it but if you don't want to do it there feel free to send us an email show at getpiped.co to do that or you can you can also just recommend some tobacco through time topics that that we can look at so that is that is awesome brother adam thank you so much for for doing that for us and Let's uh let's move on to these segments. Segments, segments. Let's go. We got two point one seven today because we are officially announcing our Legend of the Pipe, and we're not doing a whole segment for it. We're we're just announcing it. Oh yeah, so, that's right. So we have a winner. Adam actually does not even know the winner. I do though. And uh, wait, Adam, wait, wait. This is funny. Like I'm kind of cutting you off because I'm excited that we get to do. Two, so we're doing two segments. We're doing two segments plus point, the 0.17 of, of announcing. He's, he's yes, back. he's back, baby. He's back. Yeah, uh, I, as as we were talking as in our little pre-production before the show started, I, I had said to Nick, "We're definitely going to move Legends of the Pipe next year, not in a segment." I missed. I really missed having the the two segments. So, yeah. dude, that just I can't believe how how much my <laughs> so mood excited. has increased. I just got we're, excited. Wow, that's cool. We're man. back, baby. We're back. So let's uh. I I have all the results. I mean, I guess it's not all, just the results of the Legends of the Pipe. And to, I just wanted to let you all know in on this, there there was some voting that was done after the fact of all the stuff. Not this one in particular, but we have taken every single result so far as of the time of recording, right? So like maybe there were people that voted on stuff afterwards and that you know, X person got more votes. Technically, doesn't matter. We're 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 cutting the mark off here. So if you didn't vote, sorry. Um, all our winners have been at the time of recording. So, with that being said, we have our legend of the pipe for 2023. Drum roll, please. Somewhere, some someone put a drum roll in. You can literally post production. I nope. can. Stop. Don't do it with your mouth. I expect to hear a drum roll as I'm listening back <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> All right, drum roll, please. 
and the winner of the 2023 Legend of the Pipe event, known as Legend of the Pipe, is John David Cole. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh. Oh, I, the people came together. The people it's came beautiful. together. They really did. I like some of you are like, oh, this is obviously rigged. This is freaking. No, it's not. Like I'm looking at at the screen right here. I'll, I'll I'll even send a send a screenshot to Adam after this. The 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 results are showing John David Cole as our 2023 legend. Of was it rigged because I was so awesome at arguing? Maybe. I mean, that's did, fair. Did I have an inherent bias? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so that is that is awesome. John David Cole will be at some point receiving a trophy. Because we're doing it, we're sending it to him. So stay tuned for that, Mr. John David. Um, yeah. So congratulations. Go give him a shout out. Uh, tag him on Instagram. You know, Instagram story. Hashtag congrats, John David, or something. I don't know. Make make yeah, it a no, hashtag. Let's 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 blow this up. Let's 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 double down on how already do, uncomfortable he's going to feel. Yes. Do hashtag <laughs> JDCLOTP. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, tag tag John David and everything you do and and t- give us a tag as well, but one final congrats as we end this point point one seven percent of a segment uh to John David Cole of the Country Squire Tobacconist and the the Country Squire podcast. But let's 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 get into our first segment today. This is this is a little fun. We're doing some this or that. This is kind of a grab bag, but I'm going to call this one like a like a at home, at home uh, category, right? So we're 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 kind of chilling at home, whatever we want to do. All of these are from our good friend in the Discord, Hoosier Piper. Shout out to you, thank you. You sent uh, some more of these, but we always only do five, so um, I, I took the took the best five out of these. So the first one uh, for this or that, and if you don't know what this or that is, it's where we literally choose one or the other, this or that. So. The first one we got is Sunday at home or Sunday out and about. Dude, hands down Sunday at home, man. I oh, yeah. I love a lazy Sunday. And I don't know if like I, I still kind of feel that way even when I'm on vacation. Mm. So if my vacation extends past that of of Monday or, or into Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, dude, the Sunday, something about the Sunday, especially during uh, I'm not a huge sports guy like I, I really do love watching you know go pats big right. fan of, of watching the nfl but i'm not like sitting home on a sunday watching sports but that's something i would enjoy doing on a sunday and and, and that kind of requires mm. to be home uh, we do our recordings here on sundays for the most part or you know either that or saturday but, but even if we weren't you know my sunday would be filled with nothing yeah, I like uh, towards the end of the night, I like playing some video games with uh, some buddies when I when I get the chance, uh, or maybe I'm working on my YouTube videos. Uh, but it, Sundays are my my day to kind of you know you get those Sunday scaries. <laughs> Sunday scaries <laughs> is for the folks who don't want to go to work the next day, and I will never want to go to work ever. You you don't want work to be work. Yeah, I don't, I, dude. Yeah, work works works work, but it's, it's it works also necessary at least for yes. the working class man who doesn't have uh you know money to not work. Right. I, the Monday restarts me and it makes the weekend better because if, if every yeah. day is the weekend, it kind of loses yeah, that, that gravitas, you know what I mean? That, that if you're retired or whatever, it's like, a, which sounds really cool to be retired one day, 
Uh, but whenever I'm on uh, leave or something and, and every day is kind of a Saturday, it, it, it gets a little, I feel like I lose a little bit of focus. Yeah. Uh, I so agree. sometimes I need that, that Monday morning to kind of hit the grindstone. But, but man, I am a huge, it's actually almost crippling to be honest. There's, there's times where the wife might want to go. If you get wife to ever ask, do you want to go on a hike? And she, I'm like, oh, when? She says Sunday. <laughs> this is this is gonna a, a negative conversation will ensue. Um, as I uh, do, you want me to no. to put you down lightly or be be kind? Yeah, or, you know, dude. Well, I'm always kind, but yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, ah, don't don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. <laughs> yes, exactly. I am near. It is near impossible to get me to motivate. Motivate isn't go out and do something. I'll get up early on a Sunday. I'm cool with that. Love that. Um, but I, I, I really do need kind of like that quote vacation from the vacation. Yeah. Uh, there, there's times where, so we think in a Chicago show, as we think of the Chicago show, I'm going to come back probably mid Sunday ish afternoon. Right. And that'll be, that'll be rough for me, but I'll at least have the evening. But if I had to come back at like midnight and then go to, Ooh, Ooh, I yeah. am setting myself up for some, <laughs> some, some, for a sad Monday, but all right, this is going on too long. I am a big Sunday at home guy. It's just, yeah, I, I need yeah. that. I need that day to kind of rest, recover, and not do things. True. I'm. I think I'm with you on that. I'm a big Sunday at home. I like to do a lot of prep for the week on Sundays. Don't always get it done because other things come up. But if I were to choose, definitely in just running around the yard, hanging out, doing stuff around the house. Heck yeah, Sundays at home. All right. This is uh, this next one's a little. I don't know. I don't think this one's as deep as the last one we just had, but. We got a little bagels or English muffins. A little Sunday Ooh. at home, you know, enjoying, which I know that there's um, probably probably pancakes over that, but let's... Uh, I like, uh, I think I'm an English muffin guy. Mm, okay. I love, dude, English muffin with like butter. Ooh, yeah, yeah that, that that is what I like. Yeah. I think I would typically agree, but I have English muffins more. So I think bagels are like more of a novelty. So I think I would, I would choose a buttered bagel or like butter and peanut butter, um, or even like a good egg sandwich on a, on a bagel. So I feel like bagel is just a lot of bread. It is. But if you get it like toasted properly, but to be fair, I would have like one bagel English muffins. I can have three or four and it's like, well, that's why I like it. I like to just crush food. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. Next one, we got college town or more of a rural town? Um, That's an interesting one. It is, um, yeah. R- rural. Yeah, I yeah. never – I went to a college, a small college, small military college in the middle of Vermont. And in the middle of Vermont, there was nothing. <laughs> so, dude, our, our our biggest activity outside of campus was, you know, a, a burger restaurant that sat like 15 people. Um, so – yeah, it was very, very small town. So I would argue that wasn't a college town. But yeah. and I enjoyed that. I went to Portland, Oregon one year on Halloween. Mm. This was uh two Halloweens ago. And I, I went to I, I looked it up. I went to like the number seventh ranked Irish pub in uh in the United States or whatever. Or at least it had that on their door, uh like a big frame thing, and there was like it had all ten listed and they were number seven or whatever. And uh, I was like, wow, this is going to be great. Uh, now, Portland is a college town. It is. I mean, Portland's kind of everything, but it's a big college. Yeah. College is one of them. And dude, it was the worst experience of my life. I went in there really? and it was just a bunch of yelling woo girls. And uh. dude, it was violently loud. There was no music playing. It was just no. dead silence of like background music. And it was just yelling. Dang, man. 
and it was packed and it was not a big bar. It was just packed. And the guy, the dude, I think, I, I don't know if I told the story before, but uh, the, the, the bartender uh, who I would have, would have expected was some, you know, kind Irish man with a red beard was not in fact that not that he had to be right uh, and said he was a, a dude wearing, I think like a, like a strap on, on his head, like a sexual strap on, on his Wait, head. What? Like, yeah. Like, like it was just not the, inv- I mean, it was like a pub crawl. Like this was something, it was a bad day to go out, oh. but it was like a Halloween pub crawl. And all these college students were just like being menaces. Uh. They're all in costume. And like, apparently this bartender wanted to join in on the fun. And I was just so violently upset because <laughs> I wanted to enjoy a, a wonderful pint of Guinness that I never even got. I, I was in there for like 20 minutes trying to get in line, which there wasn't a line. It was just literally a mass of people. There was only the bar. Like like all the chairs were kind of put away. So I'm like trying to get this guy to get me a beer. And like I was getting cut by like these college students. And I was like, dude, this is horrible. I hate, I hate this. Um, so I granted that was my one negative experience, but I don't like mass groups of college kids. <laughs> I didn't in college, man. I don't <laughs> like it true. now. So yeah, I Man, it's it's this is a hard one because the college town that I went to was freaking awesome. Like, but was it because you were in college? No, like, go there with your kids right now. What I have, like? I have, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's amazing. Like the is it I, beautiful because it's a college town, or is it beautiful because <laughs> of the environment? Both, probably. But I, I, I still think I like that college town feel. Um, I, I do like the rural stuff. Hate the city. Want to get out of the city really badly, but. Compared to Portland, Oregon, which is a pretty built up city, right? Like the town, yeah. college town that I was in, there was like, there's more college students at school than there were people in the town. So it was like, it was a small town overall that was, that was literally the college. So I don't know. I, um, I, I think I'll go college town here. All right, guys washed up. You're the kind of guy that my best day of my life was in college. Oh my gosh. <laughs> At least I'm not the high school guy. Best day of my life. Oh yeah. High school. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Uh, all right. Next one. Another, another little food one at home on Sunday. We got scrambled eggs or fried eggs or like uh sunny side up. Maybe. Yeah. Sunny side up, man. I'm a big fried egg guy. I, yeah. I don't really like scrambled at all, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'll eat them, but it's just like lame. It is uh, dude, sunny side up is the way to go. Yeah. I'm gonna go fried. I'm gonna go fried as well. So cool. Last one. We got, we got a little summer grill action. We got charcoal grill or propane grill. Um, I'm yes. not qualified to answer this, to be honest. Um, <laughs> probably propane because yeah. charcoal sounds very tedious and yeah. difficult and probably doesn't taste any different. Yeah. Or does it? Does it taste like charcoal? It might. It might. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say propane. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into goes into a charcoal bro. So. All right. Well, that has been this or that. Best way to get us those is on the Discord. There's a specific channel for it. Um, or if you don't want to do that, show at getpiped.co. segment for today is a little real recommend real and adam's got i I think it's i think it's a 
a, a re real recommend real re real recommend real but i i think it's a good one i think it's needed um right now so so adam what you got yeah so this actually is one that i've i've hit before and i don't think i'm hitting it for a different reason which is why i am uh which is why we're bringing it back up so this one's going to be a recommendation for uh really the instagram account that is redeemed pipes so not only uh ben smith you know forever you will know him as uh the, the hey it's get piped guy uh but uh you know ben's become a really good friend of mine and i'm recommending his business not for not for the use of making money for on your end like he doesn't even know that i'm actually going to hit this in this episode but uh you know there's there's no we're not sponsored by ben and i don't want to be i just want to recommend a, a real product and, and and that's essentially the instagram account that is redeem pipe so uh as I mentioned, you can you can send him pipes and he'll purchase them and then he'll resell them. You can do that consignment option where he'll hold on to them and he'll take a cut when they do sell. He'll give you the money. But that's essentially not why I'm recommending uh, Redeem Pipes. But this time it's going to be because I have learned a tremendous amount about the, the worth of artisan pipes through mm. his account. Uh, so I actually use Redeem Pipes not as a a transactional opportunity. I mean, I, I've actually sold many pipes to him, uh, which right. have then in turn allowed me to get more pipes, which is awesome. And I highly recommend you reach out to him if you have some old pipes that you don't want anymore. But, but my, my main feature right now that I love is seeing um, his uh, weekly or biweekly drops. Uh, so what happens is when Ben gets a, when he gets some, some pipes, he'll do minor restoration, very, very minor. If he can, if it requires anything over what he would consider minor, really just like a bowl cleanup or, you know, sanitation, he'll send it off to, uh, you know, kind of outsource the restoration process. That professional will then, you know, remount the bowls properly, entirely sanitize them. They'll restain, not restain, but uh, rebuff out the, um, the, 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 the dimming stain or whatever. And, and he'll make the, the pipes pretty much brand new. He'll send them then back to, to Ben Smith over at Routine Pipes, and then they will be posted for, uh, for sale. Uh, Ben is, is, is a, he's a guy just like you and me. This is a little side hustle gig. Uh, if you wanted to trade, I'm sure there's trade options available. Uh, but, but the main thing I love is just when he posts a new pipe, man, I, I, my new favorite game is can Adam guess the maker? And I've gotten very Ooh. good at it. I've gotten very good. And that, that's kind of where I want to be in this, this sphere. It's, it's a skill that I've, I've, I've picked up from other folks who can look at an artisan pipe and generally know who, or at least someone close related to the pipe maker. If we were to show you a, a famous Danish piece, most people would be able to be like, Oh, that is a, you know, a Conowitz or, or maybe even a, an Eltang. Eltang has a very, very distinct um, shaping style and, and rustication style. Uh, so those ones are kind of the easier ones, but, but when you're, you're looking at just pipes all day and you scroll on Instagram uh, and especially when you're on his page, you can start to pick up, on on who makes what type of pipe mm. and he he has their prices as well even when he sells them he keeps the price there uh and and it goes to show it's almost like a anthology now i'm sure i'm sure some of those posts will will he deletes some of the posts over time as they as they sit there for too long after they've been quote sold there, there's no use in having a page full of sold pipes um but when you see a pipe go up, you can look at the price and then think about, hey, that's the aftermarket price. That's that's the estate market price. Some of these pipes from Jay Allen's selling for you know six ninety nine. 
that 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 puts in your head the perspective of a brand new Jay Allen pipe, right? Right. You get a pipe from Graysick and it's going to be, you know, 1200, 1400, sometimes plus dollars. And I think that's a really good opportunity. It's a good opportunity to learn. And, and that's why I'm big on redeemed pipes right now. Uh, he's got a huge stock of pipes that he that he that imports and kind of exports to to this this hobby. And, uh, you know, we were we were talking in the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club the other day. And I said, I love I love looking forward to the to the release of a redeemed pipes, the, the, the redeemed pipes drop. And, and again, he'll typically drop like three ish, four ish uh, on a, a particular day or whatever. And uh, yeah, the other day he was like, hey, do you want to, what do you guys want? He asked the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club. He's like, do you guys want artisan? Do you <laughs> want, you know, be- or beginner artisan? Do you want some high grade factory? Like, what do you want? Uh, I said, I would like one or two insane artisan <laughs> and then maybe some, some young artisans, mostly young artisans. And he did just that, yeah. which is super awesome. And um, yeah, man. So I, I think it's a, just a really good opportunity to learn. There's not a lot of those out there. It's, it's difficult to scroll on Instagram and study each individual artisan's page on their own. Uh, but, but here you have that kind of, that collection of, of various artisans and um, yeah, man, I, I just I just think it's fascinating. I, I love every drop and I get to kind of study them. And, and like I said, I play that game where I'm like, oh, that looks like a that looks like a good ape herbob piece, is it? And then I click the more description that says who it's from. I Adam gets it right. Um, and then I, uh, I kind of move on. And I, and I like a lot of them. I, those are the one whenever I heart one. That's when I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this one. I could see that in my collection. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's super cool. So huge shout out to Redeem Pipes. Uh, this yeah. is again, uh, as as the as the segment goes, real recommend real. Where this is just a full on us thing. It's something I wanted to talk about. He has no knowledge of it. Um, take that information as you will. It's just something cool that I uh, really appreciate about this uh, pipe smoking sphere. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, and uh, I am hopefully looking forward to meet meet Mr. Ben Ben Smith at some point. It's uh, definitely want to. Meet the legend who kind of created that the, the legendarium and, and get piped lore history. So you really did. brother as we are closing out as we're closing out today where can the people of the get piped pipe community and those who are not yet part of the community as a whole find you as i mentioned at the top of the episode youtube.com slash get pipe some of the premier content of the ytpc that youtube pipe community uh, all my videos put you know several several dozens of hours into the production of each and every video uh, we got some more stuff coming very sparingly, man. The, the the time, the gap between when I release is reflective of uh, the commitment it takes. Um, so this new one should be out by the time you're listening. Go check it out. It's about, uh, again, artisan pipes. And uh, and I believe some of the pipes that you will see in this video were, were actually taken from, uh, you know, routine pipes, pipes that I had purchased from him. Uh, so you'll see those artisans in action. But that would be the best for that GPC, that, that Get Piped channel content. 
Um, but as for Instagram, that's our, our short form. That's one of the best ways to get in contact with us. That's at get underscore pipe. But if you follow me, make sure you follow my right hand man, GPP underscore producer guy. Lastly, I won't pitch it again, but I will at the same time. G- Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club is our, our premier online pipe club open to every single race, creed, planetary structure. It's just the inner, it's just an intergalactic kind of, is it intergalactic? No, it's galactic, only in this galaxy. Oh yeah. So if you're from a, if you're from Alpha Centauri, (laughs) get the f*** out of here. (laughs) The, cause what would it be? Is that even a galaxy? I, I, I guess so. You just made it. If it isn't freaking the people who make galaxies are going to be reaching out to you, the FBI or the NSA or something, man. I, uh, I love it. But yeah, while, while, while you're, intergalactically communicating with all your people, tell them, tell them to rate and review the podcast on all your apps. Um, this is a great way to kind of let us know how we're doing. We've had some awesome, uh, ratings and reviews recently and actually Spotify just introduced a new comment thing on the episode. So we get to see all the, all the comments, actually our good friend, Larry commented on, on one of our last episodes as well. I think it was the, the J Allen Hynek one. So that was really cool to see, to see that. Um, is that he, public in, in all folks? I don't know if they can. I think we just see it. Uh, oh, that's lame. I know it is. I don't see it. I don't have the, I know I need the control to, to the, I know I need to send them to you, but anyways, it's a, uh, that's a great new thing. The The best one is Apple, though. Uh, rate and review on there as well. But while you're doing all that, share with any and all pipe smokers of new age, old age, middle age, whatever it be. But don't just share with the men. Share with the women and the children too because they need to hear about Get Piped and the Get Piped podcast and the Get Piped channel. But as we are closing out on this, on this episode today, Adam, sir, what are your wise words of wisdom? He knows it's coming every time. Dude, I every, don't know, man. Dang. Sometimes you're just not with, with, with whimsical. Whiz, whimsical, yeah. Just what does a, that mean? What does whimsical I, mean? Whimsical means just like with... Out there. Yeah, out there, kind of. So With the flow. With the flow of things. But Yeah, sometimes I'm just not feeling wisdom-y. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. I really do. I'm kind of it's been a been a been a weird weekend, man, with all this this tech issues, but my brain's been <laughs> kind of fried. But it was it was good to sit down and kind of crush this episode. I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, I like tobacco through time. I like where it's going. Uh, and, and, and folks, if you got any insight on on things you'd like to see, things you think could go better, and kind of with that feedback stuff that with the Apple Podcast. Doesn't have to be a review, man. You can send us an email show at getpipe.co or reach out to Instagram or, or even message us independently on the Discord. Uh, all, all that stuff is really helpful. But yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Go watch my YouTube video. It sucks. <laughs> Insult me there. Uh, but if not, uh, yeah, write something nice. That'll that'll help me. Maybe that'll jive my uh, my feelings for the next episode, next Get Pipe <laughs> podcast when I have some wisdom. But but yeah, that that's about it, man. So thanks for for sitting down, recording with us. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Get Pipe Podcast. Because at this point, you have all just been piped. And until the next piping, we are out.